Welcome to the Yes And Cafe, a podcast where we explore, learn, and create with ordinary people who do extraordinary things. Yes And is the powerful, intentional, and creative practice of building with other people. The name comes from improvisational theater. So what is it? One, paying attention. Two, affirming. And three, building on what others give you. That's it. Yes, and. I'm Nadja. And I'm Omar. And we're broadcasting from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. We have a wonderful teacher here joining us in the studio today, Anna Awartani. Anna is from Greensboro as of 1989. She came here originally from Palestine, and she had Zaytun Restaurant, which was originally at a location in downtown Greensboro and is now at the Greensboro Farmer's Market. So many of you who go to the Greensboro Farmer's Curb Market may recognize Anna from her wonderful cooking. She's also a community organizer and health coach, is interested in food as medicine. So we're here to talk to her today about all of that. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're so glad to have you. So, Anna, I have to start with a story about you, if that's okay. So, I've known Anna for some time because I would see her at the Greensboro Farmer's Market when my children were small. And my son, when he was very little, maybe like two or three years old, we would always come to Anna's booth and he loved the cookies that she made. And so, she would make a special cookie for him every Saturday morning and she would save it until he came. And it was a long, thin cookie stuffed maybe with dates and like long spiky and it would be his special cookie and she said she made it with love and she thought about him while she made it and one of the things I've heard Anna say many times is that she puts love in her food so I have to ask you Anna how do you put love in your food well love comes in so many ways and the way I put love through my food the quality the ingredient the time you put you know the energy you're spreading mm-hmm. and you the time you spend making this food so this is great energy to reflect into this food and people many times they told me we feel it I know I can mm-hmm. feel it yeah just like you know it's love <laughs> the way you put mm-hmm. that you know I choose the ingredient I put the time you know all of this kind of things and to me it matters I think you can taste it yeah, anybody who's tried on this food that's amazing I always wonder, like, you know, the relationship, the activity of, of serving food and just the way in which, like, if a person comes with you with an open heart, that also impacts. It's also the person who's cooking it, but it's also the servers as well. And when you were running a restaurant, it sounds like I wasn't, I didn't have the pleasure of going there, but it sounds like it was a very loving space. Yes, very special place for the community and for myself. And you're right, you know, the serve the food, it matters. Yes. You know, and it can reflect in so many ways and people sense it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for right now, because I'm really still attached to the, I want the community to be a part of this, and I think food is spiritual. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can, you know, you, we have to serve food in so many, in, in two occasions, and they are special occasions, or many occasions, in fact. So I'm looking at, you know, uh, actually establishing another program called the Turquoise Table, mm-hmm. where we're missing, actually, the community, we need to gather under, you know, around the table mm-hmm. and food, and I want a lot to serve people food because mm-hmm. to me it's very important and very spiritual. Do you also find when you're serving people food that it's a way to connect with them? Like it suddenly it's establish a bond between you and the people eating your food and that's a way of like getting to know people? Absolutely. 
This is one of the facts, you know, I've got, you know, people through this and, you know, it's developed in so many, I developed so many good, beautiful relation mm -hmm. and because of, you know, uh, good food and the love you're spreading into this food mm -hmm. and you feel the connection with, with people. Yeah. And your food goes to basically whoever in their house and it's the energy. Mm -hmm. And I believe in that. I was thinking about it's both the serving and making of food, but it's also the people who are receiving it. And they seem to have to have a little bit of an open heart, right? So it takes two to create that. Or do you think that in some ways you can overcome people who are a little bit more closed just by the power of the food that you serve and the way in which it's served? Well, that's for sure. People, they have to be aware about that food and they will come forward. Uh -huh. And it's mutual relation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look for organic food because I believe in it. Mm. I look for certified, you know, or for co-op, you know, community thing because I believe in it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of re tight relation. You know, we look for each other and we'll, we connect the love point of that food with mm -hmm. I spreading it and they receiving it. That's wonderful. I like how you have the both the community you're creating through the food and the community you're supporting by what food you're choosing to serve because you're supporting cooperative farming or organic farming practices or things like that. Absolutely, and I've been doing it more than 25 years. You know, I came from sustainable community, small village in Palestine. You know, my story started here because I was looking for good food, and I cried so many times when I came here. <laughs> yeah. I did. I cried because you couldn't find. I couldn't food. food. Yeah. I couldn't find nothing to, you know, taste good for me. Yeah. And I was looking and touring, and then when I found the farmer market, um, because they just can oh, okay, can I collect? Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, I really couldn't find good food where it was compatible to my taste in a way. Yeah. And then I started developing this thing and creating things and, mm -hmm. you know, educating people about a lot of things. You know, when we started the farmer market, it was in 2000. Mm -hmm. You know, people, they were not aware of the world farmer market in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, but now it's can developed and we tried and we we did so many education things and from my part, you know, through Zaytun and through, you know, classes and stuff mm -hmm. like this. One of my mom's best friends, Brie, has, you know, sells her, her Brie cheese at the farmer's market. And I was just thinking about how those spaces allow for people who are creative and want to maybe make a little business. It affords them a space to kind of do that. And food is so fundamental. I mean, everybody has to eat. But I think that one of the things that I've noticed is that in this country, people tend to be a little speedy around food. And I was wondering, like, if you could share maybe a little bit about what town did you come from in Palestine? Well, I came from a little village called Atil. It's a suburb of Tulkarem. Tulkarem, which is the name of long fields of citrus and oranges. And mm. so my last name, actually, before I get married, you know, is Limon, because my ancestor has orchards of citrus uh, uh -huh. and oranges and lemons and all of these things. So we'll know that you know, people they call families from like Carpenter or Limon or right. whatever. So right. my last name is Limon. So mm -hmm. I came from that village. And then but I left when I was very young. I okay. left like yeah. when I was 16 years old to finish my undergraduate from Jordan University. And then I taught overseas and then I came here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I came from a small village. But, you know, I grew up in a very sustainable community. Mm -hmm. And that's why my route started, actually, because I was looking for that sustainable life. What does that mean, sustainable? 
Well, sustainable meaning that you're not really depending on other sources mm-hmm. to sustain yourself. Mm-hmm. Agriculturally, I'm talking about food and other things. So it's within the area. You know, the farmers, they produce, you know, everything seasonally, of course. And the butchers, you know, they do whatever they need to do in the village. And that's what you call sustainable. Mm-hmm. We're sustaining ourselves. We're mm-hmm. not importing. We're not doing any other things mm-hmm. to support ourselves, you know, when it comes to food as medicine. Of course, you know, you're not depend on other things, but I'm talking about food. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, Anna, you make this comment about food as medicine, and I know that's part of your health coaching. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about that. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, food as medicine, and I believe in the spirituality of food, because, you know, how this affects your body, and it's now, it's well known, and scientists are, you know, discovering that food impacts our health more than anything. You know, because, you know, people who have been has an allergy for has allergy for many, many, many years and they didn't know what's going on. You know, they find that when we do, for example, the minimizing things and do things and they start you know, noticing, wow, I'm allergic to that better. kind of food. Yeah. Or they feel better. because so, Or not, they feel better. Right. Or they, they kind of get nourished, you know, mm-hmm. or eliminating things. So food as medicine is, is the goal and the target for a lot of health practitioners these days mm-hmm. because it's really very important in so many ways. Nutrition and quality and everything comes to food, how it's impacting our body. So Anna, what is your favorite thing to cook? I know you cook many different things. Can you describe for us a little bit of some of the things you make? Specific dish? Sure. My roots? Well, whatever. You take it in any direction you like. (laughs) Well, you know, from my roots, I like really dish called, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's yogurt, it's rizlaban. It's like, you know, in Palestinian, they call rizlaban. Like, you know, Syrian, they call it shakriya. Mm -hmm. In other, you know, in the Levant area, you know, the same kind of dish. But what is it? It comes from a yogurt, you know, made homemade yogurt, either from the sustainable village Mm -hmm. where the farmer make it from the, you know, from the area, or you make it yourself and you cook it with real sustainable lamb from the area, Mm -hmm. good quality. And when we're talking about good quality meat or good quality food, that's what Nazar, the taste Mm -hmm. and the ingredient and the quality and the smell, Mm -hmm. the aroma of the cooking, Mm -hmm. you know, all of this matters. And then when you say, "Mm, this is good food. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about the spirituality of the food. Can you say what you mean by by that in terms of it nourishing you spiritually? Exactly. You know, when I say food is spiritual because our body is really, it's like a temple. And we are we have to nourish our body through that food. And to me, it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And if we do not, we do not really support our body health-wise, we're not going to be functioning properly the way we intended to function, like God wants us to function. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's like a temple for it's spiritual. We need to feed it. We need to take care of it for... And that's what is it. Anna, I have to ask you one more thing, and then we'll bring in our other guest that we have here, Lily. You, I remember that in 2015, when your downtown location of Zaytun closed, that you decided to have a party for the whole community, and you cooked for everyone for free and invited everyone to come. And I was so struck by that decision of sort of a celebration of everything that Zaytun had accomplished. Where did that idea come from, and what was it like to do that? Well, I love my community. 
and that's what matters. You know, to me, when we closed Zaytun, it was very spiritual to me because Zaytun was like a core for the city. Mm-hmm. And people come either to connect with us, me and my best husband, and talk about a lot of issues in the community. And we talked about political issues, religious issues. You know, we gathered the community in so many events, either at Zaytun or at churches, mosques, whatever, or the farm market. So Zaytun was, you know, t- to me it meant a lot and for the community. And I want the community to feel, you know, with this still present in my heart. And as a matter of fact, after we closed Zaytun, I started what you my healing garden. I have a huge backyard and then I started my healing garden and the power behind it was the community and closing Zaytun was like okay I close Zaytun I'm only gonna open a healing garden and it's been going on for four years now or three years but it's, it's gonna happen and I'm gonna I've been inviting some of the community but I want to open it to the community more or kind of people to come and I want to cook for people. <laughs> I want to cook for people. I Can have, we come? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, and, and that's one of, one of the project actually. It's a, a turquoise table. Turquoise mm-hmm. table. Turquoise table. People, we're gonna, you know, I, I wanna get a love to cook for people and feed them on this. Mmm, good food, good Palestinian food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we're going to bring in another special guest. Lily Rose is a soon-to-be graduate of the BFA Design and Technical Production Program at UNC Greensboro. Uh, She did a minor in anthropology along with full university honors with a focus on drama. Lily has previously stage managed at UNC Greensboro on Hair, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Cowboy Mouth. And this past summer, she worked with the Arkansas Shakespeare Theater on Macbeth and Comedy of Errors. She says she's incredibly grateful to have her final show at UNC Greensboro be part of North Carolina Theater for Young People. Welcome to the show, Lily. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Professor Check and I have known Lily for a couple a of years A number of years, yeah. yeah. I think the first time we co-taught a course, Lily was in the class with us. That's right. Yeah, how do we know what we know? How do we know what we know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One way is by eating food. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Before we started, we were having a little conversation about mm-hmm. the namesake of this show. Show, yes and yes and cafe and how you've used that in your in your life and I thought that you could maybe share a little bit about what you were talking about before yeah I was telling dr. Arley earlier that the first time I was introduced to the concept of yes and was in the honors colloquium class the freshmen have to take when my professor Franny came in one day and said we're using yes and and like explained it to us. And then in your classes, Dr. Arley, you also introduced that policy of when you respond to someone, you're saying yes and, and then tagging your thought into the end of that. And I was telling him that I started incorporating it in my everyday language and it really makes you aware of how you're delivering what you're saying and the connotations of the words that you're using. Mm-hmm. And it's a good exercise to go through to be more mindful of how you interact with people. Yeah, I was trying to think how cooking is a yes, yes and and serving food. Definitely. Because it seems like it's a giving activity. 
And I think that's the core of, of yes and, is that you're giving something. So when you're yes anding somebody, you're acknowledging them. And, Absolutely. Right? And then you're offering them something to then respond to. So I, I just saw that little connection. I also thought with using food to heal, it is very yes and in that as you're acknowledging what's going on and someone, especially on the spiritual side of what they're going through, then using food to kind of help mend them and lift them. That is a very mm-hmm. yes and gesture. Yeah. Well, and I was also thinking about what you were saying earlier, Omar, about the importance of the receiver and receiving the gift as well as giving it. And that sometimes it's hard to be a receiver when we're having a conversation, but it's not hard to be a receiver when someone is cooking you delicious food. <laughs> and so there's like a natural connection there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That like yeah. it's it's a way to build because really that's the idea of yes and is that you're building something together. It's very easy to build together when the experience you're building is, is that kind of experience. I think it's a very lovely way for people to connect on something that is not maybe particularly controversial, mm-hmm. right? And then build the relationship so that maybe mm-hmm. it's easier to connect about things that are more difficult. Like, Anna, you were talking about having political discussions at your restaurant. Everybody's comfortable. They're having good food. They're connected together. They can be more open, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. It's about creating a sort of a bond with people and in some ways we live in a political culture climate right now with where people can like sort of hurl insults at each other because it's online and you don't see each other and there's probably nothing well there's more things that are more intimate than eating food but <laughs> but it, it's a very intimate activity you yeah know? absolutely and that, and that's what I thought actually I've been really excited about the turquoise table because mm-hmm. there is a lady she started this project and, and I've been thinking okay this is beautiful things you know people we need to gather around the table and just chat and talk and connect and all of these things you know it seems to me like the human being they are losing this connection the basic Mm -hmm. and you know culturally that's how we grow up like Mm -hmm. you know in every culture you know we sit around the table in france specifically in the middle east everywhere Mm -hmm. and in france i was you know one time there and i stayed with a family and the family they are sit on the table in every meal Right. Mm-hmm. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And mm-hmm. we're talking about this day for two hours. And it seems to me here we are in a rush all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, that's why I want to create this the, project. The turquoise table. The Sounds turquoise wonderful. table. When do you think you're going to be launching this? Or is it something that's... As soon as possible. To, as soon as we'll possible. share some information Absolutely. when we post this. I was thinking about Lily and, your, and, and stage managing. Mm-hmm. And in some ways you come from a family of highly organized people. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I was thinking about like how as a stage manager with my very small experience with off-Broadway theater, the person who's stage managing is really making sure that everybody is set to perform their best. Mm -hmm. And you're really setting people up for success, which is the spirit of Yes And actually. So what does that look like for you? It looks a lot like being a therapist. Mm. Um, Interesting. Just like being a teacher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. My mom's a teacher, and since I've joined stage management, we have a lot to talk about because we often talk about how while we have objectives Mm -hmm. to achieve, you also aren't just working with machines, you're working with people. So you have to help people along to those objectives, and that means also taking care of that person. Mm -hmm. And like we're going into our tech week for the show, which is a lot of long hours and late nights as we incorporate Mm -hmm. every aspect of the show onto the stage, and it can get stressful. And so how do you put on this show so that you can have audiences but not do it at the cost of people's health. 
And so it looks a lot like sitting down and like having conversations with mm-hmm. people and checking in with them. And your actors can get stressed out and reminding the actors that while yes, the opening night is our goal, our goal is also to make sure this isn't your last show. Right. <laughs> you know, we want right. you to have a life and a career past mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason for this to be the breaking point. Right. And it's really like carrying people through the process and recognizing that there's more than just a prop to the show. You have a particular interest in young people's theater. Yes. So tell us about like why were you inspired to do this and maybe talk a little bit about some of your future plans. Yeah, I um, I assisted on Pinky and Blue here my sophomore year, which was about like three years ago, I think. And there's a scene where the actors are dressed as lions and they run through the audience. <laughs> and I was, I was at that show. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, and I was standing backstage and you can hear all the kids screaming and laughing and giggling and it just hit me. You know, it was one of those moments mm. where you're like, wow, so this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Aww. Yeah. yeah, and I've stuck with it. And when I graduate, I'll be applying to a couple of places, two in particular, the Barters Theater in Virginia and then Orlando Repertory Theater down in Florida mm. because they both specialize in theater for young audiences. How wonderful, what a great story. And I was just thinking about like how both of you are essentially healers. Yeah, in, in different in, ways. In different ways. In yeah. some ways, I was thinking about like so many ways that we can support each other through food, through stage managing, <laughs> through yeah. making children laugh, yeah. yeah, and listening to children laughing, yeah, and really enjoying that. Yeah, because laughter is a medicine outside. Absolutely, the absolutely, the best medicine, That's the great. best medicine. Well, all right. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Anna. It's been welcome. such a pleasure to spend this time talking with you. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Many thanks to the University Teaching and Learning Center that provided the recording studio, to Ashley Scott who did our logo, to Lloyd International Honors College, to University Communications, including our production team Matt Bryant and Ben Peterson. If you would like to sample some of Anna's amazing cooking, she is at the Greensboro Curb Market on Saturday mornings. Be sure to check her out.